This is the Jocko Underground Podcast number 55 with Echo Charles EC. Yes. And me sitting here. So uh, I was on Sam Harris's podcast like a lot. It seems like a long time ago now. Mm. And we keep, we're supposed to do another one at some point, but we just haven't yet. Anyways, on that podcast, we had a discussion about bravery and one of the things that he said, which was a quote from somebody else. I'm pretty sure. You can't fake bravery. You can't fake bravery. So if there's, a, if there's a gunfight and there's a guy wounded in the street and there's gunfire everywhere and you run out to save that wounded guy and drag him to safety, you're brave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't fake that. Now, and it doesn't actually, it doesn't matter what you were thinking. At that moment in time, it doesn't matter if you were petrified and horrified. It doesn't matter if you were just pushed out there by pure adrenaline. It doesn't matter if you had given up on living. You're like, I don't care. I'm going to die anyways. I'm going to go. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You knew there was danger and you acted. And you can't fake that. Again, it doesn't matter what your thoughts were. You could have been like, I want to get a medal. So I'm going to wrap this. You still did a brave thing. Might have been for the wrong reason, but you were still brave. Yeah, that's true. You could have been petrified and like, you could have thought, oh, everyone's going to think I'm a wimp if I don't do this. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyways. You're still brave. So you can't fake bravery. And the same idea applies to a lot of other qualities. It doesn't matter what you think or how you're thinking. What matters is what you actually do. That's what matters. So... Discipline, okay, I talk about discipline a lot. If you, the alarm clock goes off and you get up and get out of bed, doesn't matter what you were thinking, doesn't matter that you wanted to sleep in, it doesn't matter that you're like, oh, this sucks, doesn't, none of that matters. Did you do it? Did you get up and did you go? Mm-hmm. Working out. I did squats today. Did you do squats yesterday, you said? Uh, no, it was two days ago, three, okay. three days ago. I did not want to do them, did not. Did hard jujitsu. Hard jujitsu Saturday. Not as hard, but hard jujitsu Sunday. You know how you get the full body soreness a little bit when you go hard? Full body doms. Full body doms. So but I was like sore. Mm. Did not want to do squats. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Guess what? Guess what? Did squats? Yeah. Doesn't matter that I didn't want to do them. Doesn't matter that I uh, procrastinated. Yeah, yeah. Stretched. Yeah. Did some mobility work for th- 13 minutes. Yeah. You don't need 13 wor- minutes worth of mobility work before. No, no. but I did it. So got done with that. Guess what? Okay, now we're doing squats. So it doesn't matter what I was thinking, that I didn't want to do it, that I was being a wimp inside my own head yeah. because I did what I was supposed to do. Mm. What if you're in a leadership position and you know you're supposed to put the team first? And that's what you do. Mm. That's what you do. You put the team first. That's what you did. As long as you did it, you did it. Now listen, there's a little caveat here. That is that intent has a smell. Yeah. And if you put the team first because you know it's going to look good, it's going to make you look good, and that's why you did it, everyone's going to smell that. Yeah. So there's a little caveat there. But for the most part, actions are more important than words are, which is a weird thing to say because everyone talks about the importance of words and writing and what you say 
right? It's very important, but let's face it. Actions trumps those things. Yeah. Uh, then you get this weird, I don't know, you know how this ties in, but you think about this thing where you get someone that's short-term, will make it happen, but long-term, they don't make it happen. Example, you ever, look, you've seen plenty of fighters come through the victory MMA, like pro fighters, yeah. amateur fighters. You notice how some of them, there's some of those fighters that would never give up in a fight ever. Like they will go, they will literally never give up in a fight, mm. but they won't show up to practice for four days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're so driven in the fight, yeah. on the short term, like they're there, but they but they missed three days of practice or they didn't, they, they didn't adjust their diet. Now they're overweight coming in, they gotta cut the extra. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a short term versus long term. SEAL training, same things happens. Basic SEAL training. You get you get someone that's just like not gonna quit, and they don't, but they can't pass the run because they didn't freaking train for the four months, six months, year prior to going to training. They didn't have the discipline to train for a long period of time, but in that moment, you could never make this dude quit. Mm. And, and by the way, sometimes you get someone that's in outstanding condition and they came to every practice and then they get in the fight and they they break <laughs> I mean there's we, we know fighters bro- have broken like professional fighters both that we've known and that we've watched they break in the ring you watch them break in the cage <laughs> you can have exceptionally trained athletes going to basic seal training they're incredible athletes <laughs> they're better at me in every category of, of athletics, mm-hmm. every category, running, swimming, strength, mm-hmm. endurance, they just beat me in every category, they quit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. So, so that's this thing where both those, both those things don't win. You, you gotta have that long-term and the short-term Discipline. You gotta have the short term and the long term coverage. You gotta have the discipline to do something long range, but then you also gotta protect your neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Is if you don't protect your neck in, on the mats, you lose. Yeah. You got sometimes you gotta. Oh, I gotta give up position. I gotta give up. You know all these other things in this moment in time. I gotta panic. I gotta use a bunch of energy, but I gotta protect my neck. Because if I don't protect my neck, it's over. Mm-hmm. So well trained fighters sometimes they quit. Well prepared buds trainees sometimes they quit. And all these things are going back to our actions. Mm-hmm. Our actions, and there's a saying about this. Well, it's sort of let's say an adjacent saying, sure. which I, I, I guess you've heard before, saying watch your thoughts, they become words, watch your words, they become actions. Have you ever heard this before? Mm-hmm. Some people take it a little bit further even. So some people say watch your thoughts, they become words, watch your words, they become action, watch your actions, they become your character, watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Mm. Big quotes, yeah. right? And this, is, this, this quote has been attributed to different people over time, Emerson, Lao Tzu, the, the Chinese philosopher, I even saw one that gave the credit to Margaret Thatcher's father. Basically, it's a quote that seems to have evolved over time and is in different, many different forms out there. But here's the thing. People talk about watch your thoughts because they come words, watch your words because they become your action. 
watch your action because it becomes your character watch your character becomes comes your destiny here's what i'm going to say watch your freaking watch your freaking actions watch your actions and here's why i'm saying this because you can see your actions you can track your actions you can adjust your actions they're quantifiable your thoughts no one can see them you you can you can uh, rationalize your thoughts you can rationalize your words you can say something but do something else mm-hmm. all those things can take place but your actions are real. So what I'm saying is, watch your actions. Be conscious, be aware of what your actions are. Your actions are what count. When, you go, when you're going through that little debate in your mind, like I was today when I was getting ready to do squats. <laughs> yeah. When you're going through that debate in your mind, be like, oh, n- none of the things that are in my mind right now matter. What matters is how I act right now. Yeah. That's what matters. That's what I had to say to myself. I was like, oh, none of this that's going through my mind right now matters at all. It's all just, it's all just rubbish, it's junk. Mm-hmm. What matters is I have to do what I'm supposed to do. That's what we need to pay attention to. Mm. You can sit there and think about God knows what. You can think about the rest day you need. You can think about the, the, the fuel that you're supposed to have. You can think about the, the doms that you soreness. That, you can think about all those things. None of that stuff matters. Mm. The only thing that actually matters is what you're going to do right now and what you're going to do is squats. Your action. So pay attention to that. Pay attention to your actions. Make them the focus of your monitoring efforts. And you're going to be doing the right thing. And then it won't matter. It won't matter what you thought. It won't matter what you said. It'll matter that you did what you were supposed to do. And those are my thoughts this morning. Yeah. Yeah, those thoughts can creep in, right? That well, Just you explaining your little Dom squat scenario is like, bro, I know the feeling. And mm-hmm. you, know, you know what a thing, actually, I learned this from you in a real fleeting moment, mm-hmm. even though you said it a few times, where it's like, you know how you, you, you want to be focused on st- the strategic over the tactical, right? Right. Um, but every once in a while, you want to focus on the tactical, that. right? <laughs> Even it's not necessarily over the strategic because you always want to, mm-hmm. but it's like to focus on the tactical. And then this is what you did. The, you did. It was in Australia. Mm-hmm. It was during the PT time. Mm-hmm. I was filming. I wasn't doing the PT. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were like, like if you're doing burpees, like I think you're doing burpees with everybody. Mm-hmm. You're like, just focus on one burpee. That's it. And when, you're, and when you finally get done, while you're doing these burpees, you're saying this, well, I'm done with that burpee, and now I focus on just this one next burpee. <laughs> and you kept doing it. I have it on video, by the way. And, um, and I was like, eh, there's more to it than that. Like, whatever. But then I thought about it. It planted like a little seed where I'm like, well, wait, if I was Jocko doing those burpees, and I could control my mind in that way where I'm like, I'm not worried about the one minute of straight burpees I have to do right now after I did a bunch of other stuff and all the stuff I got to do afterwards. And, it's, and it kind of has a lot to do or it does have very much what ha- has to do with like buds, right? The attitude of getting past hell week as well, where it's like you just take it real short term at a time. Yeah, some people, that's some, what some people do. Like they're just like, all right, I just need to get to lunch. And sometimes yeah. they take it, I just need to get through this one repetition of log PT or whatever. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about this thing when when I eventually understood it. My brain was empty. 
people. <laughs> this is, that's why I say some people because like yeah. I was just like, oh, left the log. Cool. That's what we're yeah. doing. I wasn't even thinking like my brain was just empty. Yeah. And just that's, ready for whatever. Yeah. So that's kind of in a way the extreme version of this short term yeah. thing. This is like right? zero, like, zero yeah, term. I'm at zero. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think one step ahead. You're at zero. zero so it's steps. all good. But with lifting, or if you know you have a workout to do and you're like, this is the last thing I feel like doing right now, you just go. You literally embrace that way of thinking and be like, okay, I'm not worried about Because I do all the time. I think of the whole workout that I have to do. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not in the mood to do this. But right now, I could do my first warm-up set. Oh, easy. So just focus on the warm-up set. And once you've done the warm-up set, you're like, okay, forget about the warm-up. Still, do not think about the whole workout. Just think about the next set. You can do the next set. Oh, the next Kind of like yeah, I could do that. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, what you where you were going with that? Another thing that made me go back to is protect your neck, right? So you you can think about this big strategic picture yeah. of like you know over time I'd really like to get uh, gain a position um, across the side and then I'd like to work for yeah. a mount position and then eventually I'm gonna I'm gonna put some weight and I'm gonna tire out Echo and then I'm gonna attack his neck and then when I attack his neck I'm gonna go for his arm. Yeah. So that's my plan. Hey, bro, if you get me in a guillotine, <laughs> like, all that's out the window. I, mean, I got to protect the neck. Yeah. So it's the same thing here. Like, oh, I could think, hey, you know, over time, I'd like to really build up a good uh, a good level of physical fitness, functional fitness. I'd really like to lean, right. you know, keep my lean muscle mass at a high. Those are great strategic thoughts. Yeah. But right now, guess what I got to do? Yeah. Squats. Yeah. That's what I got to do right now. Yeah. And I got to win this battle right now. Yeah. And the only th- way I can win is by taking action. Yep. Yeah. And if you got five sets of squats, bro, I can't do five sets of squats mm-hmm. you can only if do I don't do this first one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So don't even worry about the five because that yeah. sounds like it's going to suck. Five sets? Yeah. Minute and a half rest in between? Oh. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Carrie. Sure. Kate Yeah. Him. And he was talking about Marine Corps boot camp. And he was like, the, the good piece of advice. The. The drill instructors cannot stop the clock. <laughs> yeah. Like you have 13 weeks yeah. and they can't stop that clock. Yeah. And that's the that's the the hardest thing about like when you're going to do a Metcon or even you know whatever what workout you're going to do. Yeah. You just got to start it. Cuz once you start it like okay, yeah, well, eventually it's going to finish. I'm yeah. going to do my reps. Yeah. I don't you know, I don't know if I've ever actually like quit one of yeah. my workouts in the middle of a workout. Yeah. Besides, maybe well, I remember a few times where I like twinged my back or something, and yeah. you're like, uh, and I've pushed through that a few too many times too, yeah. where you like tweak your back and you're like, oh, I can get another set, and then you're like laid up, yeah, or you're at least not optimal. Right. But when you start the workout, you're pretty much gonna finish it. Yeah, especially and you know here's what we're and that's such a good point you bring up because I'm like that too, especially the ones with the clock going. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's primarily my whole talking. workout has a has a clock going. So yeah. there's like you do the rest and then I have a time rest in between the whole the whole workout. The only time I don't is between exercises, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I've never quit a workout because I've quit workouts in my time, but. <laughs> Never when the clock is going. That's what's weird. But that's a mental like thing. Yeah. Like okay, so the Metcon, right? That's a good, that's a good example because when you get the when you start the clock on the Metcon, you're kind of that's the time is all part of the workout. So it's like oh my god, you have a sense of urgency for yourself and there's all this stuff. So it's you kind of in a way feel trapped, not in a bad way, but you feel trapped in that workout mm-hmm. right then and there. Yeah, there is no escape. One, there's only one way out. Yeah, finish it. Yeah, at the end of the clock. Exactly right. That's weird. So. 
in a way it helps you, or actually in a huge way, it helps you. So you don't even just start the clock. I have no choice. Like, yeah. You know, you have no choice but to just go through it. And sure, you can suck. You can be like yeah. <laughs> dying you know, or whatever. That's a that's a uh, thing I've said to myself is like, hey, this might take. Like I might be doing a metcon that normally takes me thirty minutes. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even care how long it takes me if I'm just going to do it. Yep. Like, this might take me 48 minutes and I don't care. Yeah. Um, whatever. Yeah. And then I'll do it. And then as I do it, I start getting. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Hit that 32. <laughs> you know, might not be a record, but, yep. you know, I got myself I got yeah. myself a little bit. True. So think about your actions. That's my that's my uh, advice for today. Let's get some questions. Yep. First question. I'm 20 years old and I've recently begun training jujitsu. Booyah. Currently, I'm studying abroad in London and have the privilege to train at the Hodger Gracie Academy during my time Dang. here. I've been there, by the way. Kensington. Dang. Outstanding. Dang. I'm only about two months into training and I feel as if I'm slowly improving, but my improvements are mainly in my ability to defend myself from submissions. I know much of being a white belt involves learning to survive while rolling, but I seem to get lost when trying to attack from a dominant position like side control or close guard. Any tips for improving my offensive game? <laughs> yep, keep training, homie. <laughs> that, this is like what you're going through is the standard kind of evolution of jujitsu. Yeah. First you go and you get annihilated. Yeah. Then you start working to try and defend some of that annihilation. Then eventually you can keep people at bay. Then eventually you can put them in better you can get in a better position then eventually you can threaten them and then eventually you can tap them out that, that's what's gonna happen man uh, so keep training as far as specific question of any tips for improving my offensive game roll with people you've been training for how many months how many two. months uh, two months yeah. find somebody that's been training for two weeks and train with him a little bit yep you're gonna get some of those submissions that you want <laughs> as long as this dude didn't like wrestle in Iowa in which case you're going to get your ass beat, <laughs> Maybe quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you want to work your offense, train with people that are a little bit worse than you and then get good at the movement and then train with people that are more equal to you and then eventually you can try it on somebody that's better than you. But training with people that are better than you all the time, this is something I do a lot of, I do a little too much of. Training with people that are better than you all the time, you won't get much work on your offense. And your offense needs reps, just like your defense needs reps. Yeah. So... Keep training, but specifically to work your offense, train with somebody that's been training less time than you. Maybe they're a little weaker than you. You know, whatever. Just someone that you can do the moves to. Yeah. That's my advice. Yeah, pretty that straightforward. Is, yeah. That is, I would agree that that is literally the best. Ben, you made a good point there when you said your offense needs reps. Yep. So you'd think like, not even just physically, mentally as well. So like, let's say if you're, and I found this to be the case, you know, you go in phases after you've been training for a long time. You, go in, you know how you go in phases mm. where I, I went oh, in phases. Oh, my open guard. Oh, my, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Or, or in training partners as well. So mm. there was this phase, I think purple belt time, I'm thinking, where I was training with you, Greg McIntyre. Well, you and Greg, for mm -hmm. some reason, all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. And it was both gi and no gi, and I would never, I literally can't even practice offense at this point. Mm -hmm. Where, So after a while, I found even when I did train with people who were low, a lower belt than me, like I was way more like hesitant with mm -hmm. offense. So mentally is what I'm saying. Mentally, your game will change. Yeah. So if you're concerned about offense, it's like, bro, you better go out there and get some reps in the offense. And yeah, train you know, somebody who you you're do. better than. Somebody that you can set it up and hit them. Same thing with the defense, dude. By the way, yep. that's a that's a that can be the same kind of trap. Cause think about this. Oh, Jocko told me train with people that 
I have more experience in or someone I can practice my offense. So now I just go for the guys yeah. who have less experience and avoid the other higher belts, right? Now your defense doesn't get reps. And mentally, you're not going to be used to being in defensive or inferior mm-hmm. positions. So then you wind up getting there. Then what do you do? You panic or you, you, know, you do yep. something undesirable. You got to watch out for that too. Yep. Keep it well-rounded. Yeah, Hodger Gracie Academy. If it's in the same spot, this was back in like, I want to say 2013. Mm-hmm. It was Where'd you go to there, for Metamorph? Metamorph, yeah, to film. And I got to train, which was cool. Good, right good group of guys over there. Next right. question. I've been listening to Jocko Podcast for a long time and recently joined the underground. Booyah. You and Echo are great teachers, mentors, and I really appreciate your advice on a career decision. Oh, I'd appreciate your advice, yes. I'm a mechanical engineer and have been in the solar power industry my whole career, three years about. My home state of New Mexico has been plagued by wildfires amplified by climate change. This hits home for me as my main hobby is hunting and has been my whole life. I know my current job makes a difference in that area, but I feel I could make a more direct impact becoming a hotshot. You know what hotshot is, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I know hotshot, by the way. Um, I'm barely 25 and very active. I feel confident I could make a great effort in at accomplishing this goal. My current job pays very well for my position. I'm currently single, but I do want to start a family someday. I don't know if financial if the financial decrease is worth it in the long run, and I'm having trouble weighing the pros and cons. Thanks. Okay, so... <clears throat> The thing that's tough about these life questions is you ultimately have to make the decision because you're the one that's going to live it. And I might be like mechanical engineer versus hotshot. I'm going hotshot all day because I want to sit behind a desk doing mechanical engineer stuff. I want to go out, jump into the back country and fight fires. That's me. That's my actual opinion. You are a different human being. So. You need to figure out what it is you want to do. Now, I will say this, and this is the only thing I said that kind of starts to lean in one direction, that I'm going to lean you in a little bit of direction. Mechanical engineering is always going to be there. If you have this goal of being a hot shot because you think it's going to be an awesome experience, you think it's going to give you life experience, you think it's going to make you feel that you gave back and you feel like it's going to make you, you accomplish something, like all those things, that's not gonna be around forever. How old is this dude? 25 years old, 25 years old. When you're 33 years old and you have a blown out knee, you know, like there's things that are gonna come in, life's gonna come and get in the way, possibly. Mm. And all of a sudden, this is not an option anymore. So, you need to consider that one of these opportunities is fading. Mm. It's a fleeting opportunity. Becoming a hotshot firefighter that's going to go around the backcountry and fight fires, that's a fleeting opportunity that's going to fade away. Not only that, if you try and do this when you have a family, you can't, I mean, they're not, you're not going to make as much money as you are apparently in your mechanical engineering position. As a, you know, also, hotshots are generally seasonal firefighters. So there's a bunch of the majority of the year you don't even have a job. So there's that going on. Um, you know what, if you're looking to serve, maybe look at the Army Reserves, you know what I mean? Because then you're serving, but you're still gonna be able to keep your job, 
and you can still promote through your job and you can still promote in the Army Reserve. So there's that option. Maybe become a full-time firefighter. Maybe look at that option because then you could pay for your family and support your family in the future. But the the thing is, you're the only one that can can figure this out because you're the only one that can properly weight these variables. If you grew up, let's say you grew up poor and you like don't ever want to be in a situation where you don't have money, then guess what? Being a mechanical engineer and staying on a good career path and making that money, that weighs heavier than if you grew up rich and you got some freaking uh, trust fund that's coming your way when you turn, you know, 27. <laughs> or, or you're like, hey, you know what? I grew up poor and I don't mind living. I don't mind kind of living in a way that's beneath my, uh, live beneath my means. I'm cool with that. And I don't need a lot because I didn't grow up a lot, so I'm cool. Mm. And I'd rather get full job satisfaction. You're the one that has to plate those weights, place those weights appropriately. I can't do it. That only you can make this decision. But keep in mind, the one thing to keep in mind is that one of these two things has a has a time factor, the other one doesn't. So keep that in mind. I'm not saying that to go and, and freaking quit your job. I'm just saying, explore that mentally. Why do you really wanna do this? Why do you really wanna do this? What's the reason? It, it, you know, if you really wanna help the, the, the wildfires, you could probably, if you donated a bunch of money, if you made a ton of money and donated, you'd probably be worth more than you would if you go out and you run around the mountains, you know, putting out fires. If you donated a bunch of money in the future to wildland f- fire prevention and fighting, if that's what your goal is to help as much as possible, well, that might be a better way to help. But if you want that personal experience, you might have to get, go get that personal experience. So weigh them out. I know you're having trouble weighing the pros and cons. You're the one that has to weigh the pros and cons. Be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself, man. Don't lie to yourself about this. Because either when you get into halfway up a mountain with freaking water tanks on your back and there's fire everywhere and you lied to yourself about you, quote, wanting to do this and you're miserable, don't, that's not a good time to figure out that you lied to yourself. Or when you're 53 years old and you spent your whole night life in a cubicle and you regret deeply the fact that you didn't go out and do what you wanted to do, that's gonna suck as well. So tell yourself the truth about what you wanna do. That's my recommendation. Next question. Yeah, next question. <clears throat> I live out in Eastern Washington. Let me start off by saying thank you to you, Jocko, for your service and both of you for the podcast. Listening has helped me guide myself to the path. I've lost 30 pounds in the last four months. Hell yeah. I've seen gains in strength and cardio. I'm currently working towards a 22-ish minute three mile. Hell yeah. Because I'm thinking about enlisting. But all that is just talk. So here's my question. How would zero gravity affect jujitsu? <laughs> okay, and who's going to train Space Force for one uh, in this modified version of rolling? I was listening to Lex Fried- Friedman when I came up with that question. Maybe you guys can ask him next time he's on. Again, thank you guys for everything. Echoes, biceps are massive. Hashtag goals. What it says. 
you know what's surprising about this? I have a decent amount of experience in this realm. Uh-huh. Oh, that, in the water. And that is weightless jujitsu yeah. in the water. And, and look, the main reason is, uh, probably the primary reason is when I was in Germany on that deployment and just played combat water polo all the time. Uh, you do yeah. water polo, you're in the water, and you're doing jujitsu against each other. Yeah. And it, y- the concepts are very similar. Um, it's more about your position with the with reference to the other human being's body than it is reference in position to the ground because hmm. there is no ground because you're floating. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what's the actual question? What? How would zero ground? So you just have to you have to just you you move a similar way. You're still trying to get to the person's back. Yeah. You still can put chokes on them. You st- any move that has that utilizes gravity, you can't use. So you can't use like a. Well, there's certain moves. You know, you can't like mount somebody and put your pressure on their, yeah. put your chest on their arm to get their arm across the deck. Like that's not work. But there's but the the, the basic positioning stays the same, yeah. and it's fun. A lot so, less control feels like. You have less control in some ways. You have more control in other ways. Because yeah. you can like, you can't hover above someone in jujitsu, but you can hover <laughs> above someone in the water. Sure. You're not like falling on them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Go, go, <laughs> go, train jujitsu in the water. You'll see what's yeah. up. It's be hard. The breathing will be a different scenario. Yeah, the breathing yeah. is a little bit tricky. <laughs> <laughs> tricky. That's yeah, tricky. That's why we got that breath hold. But in real jiu-jitsu, you don't want to hold your breath. True. Under true. pretty much no circumstances, you want to hold your breath in jiu-jitsu, in regular jiu-jitsu, not true. water polo jiu-jitsu. True. So there's that element of training. In yeah. If you're in water. But, but if you you're, do, but you do want to have breath control in both. Oh, yeah, that's true. Something to think about. Zero gravity, <laughs> space force all day. <laughs> space force. Check. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. Next Choc- question. Choco NEC. By the way, good job on, on that guy for... Uh, for getting after it and improving your life and doing a seven minute mile for three miles. That's legit. Lost 30 pounds, freaking hell yeah. All right. Yeah, that's true. In 30 pounds, you know, obviously, you know, uh, I've known people to lose five pounds. I've known hey, 30 pounds lose, in the last like, four months, he says, sorry. Yeah, bro, 30 pounds is a lot. Yeah, that's Like a lot. you're the kind where they see you and you're, you're losing 30 pounds through exercise and stuff. They see you, they're like, that's a harder thing than pe- most people would probably imagine. Yeah, yeah. Cause you gotta. It's not like you go through a hard workout. It's like you gotta go for day after day yeah. after day, and you gotta restrict caloric uh-huh. intake, and you gotta stay on the clean, uh-huh. clean food. Yep. With no donuts involved. We know that. No. Bro, my daughter. Oh no, my son had a party. Mm-hmm. Did you stay Did on you? the path? No. No. Oh, uh, they got donuts. Yeah. Krispy Kreme. And I haven't had donuts since mm-hmm. probably five years already. Really, actually, I had a. I think maybe I have, but I hadn't had donuts in a long time. Mm-hmm. So the donuts they kind of got left out, which is <laughs> which is bad, because you know the out of sight, out of mind thing. That's real, but they got left out. Probably put it in the microwave, and it you got microwave the freaking donut. I had never done it before, but what I did gave it you that idea because you it was out. Bastard. It was like. <laughs> 
<laughs> not for a bunch. But for, it was for like eight seconds or something like that. And it just made it super soft. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So these are the things that you have to resist on a regular basis. Four months, year, sometimes, you know. So, yes, much props for losing 30 pounds. Check. All right, next, next question. A couple of years ago, I started a new career as a campground manager which is a job that I mostly enjoy and get a lot of satisfaction from. However, the one aspect that seems to stress me out, no matter my approach, is dealing with security issues late at night. Our campground has policies that, as the manager, I'm responsible for enforcing. Mostly, this consists of dealing with drunk people who are being loud late at night and disturbing other campers or boundary disputes between neighbors who don't like each other. <laughs> of course, I always seek to de-escalate the situation when I have to approach a group of campers. Typically, it's just me at night and often dealing with groups of campers who have been drinking, which can feel dicey some nights. I also attempt to give off a stable demeanor that is simply, sim- simply forwarding the facts of the campground policies to those in violation. As you can imagine, this doesn't always work. I often get get significant pushback from campers who don't think they are being that loud or simply want to take the opportunity to complain about something else. Any insight on how to how a security guy dealing with late night drunks and people who simply don't want to follow policy would be much appreciated. Dang. All the best. I know you got fired up when you <laughs> saw that security guy. You're like this. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, my whole jam right there. Check this out. First and foremost. In this scenario, you're the campground manager. What you want to do out of the gate is set expectations. So what that means is you put some standard operating procedures in place so that when they check into the campground, they're getting told, hey, welcome, you know, Mr. Charles. Welcome to the campground. You're going to be over on site 39. Just so you know, our campground policy is 10 o'clock at night. That's when we are going to quiet time. And so I'll be making some rounds just to make sure everyone knows it's 10 o'clock, but we're quiet at 10 o'clock and we're not, we're turning generators off at 10 o'clock. And you go through the rules with them. You set the expectations. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if anyone's in violation of these expectations, they'll get one warning. After the warning, they're gonna be uh, ejected from the campsite that's what we have to do in order to keep you know everyone happy. There's a lot of campers here. Mm. Give them a piece of paper with the rules on it, right? So they sign a little piece of paper, you give it to them, you stick it on their window, whatever you're gonna do, so that they understand what the rules are and what the consequences are. Mm. So you let them know beforehand, and you're being cool while you're doing it. You're not being a jerk about it. Hey, it's lights out at 20. No, you're like, hey, just so you know the campground rules, we got we do got full families here. So at at, tw- at 10 o'clock at night, that's when we go lights out and that's quiet time. So you can have more than welcome to sit around the campfire. But as far as being loud, we got to keep it down after 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, we got it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of like build a nice little relationship. We're going to shed expectations out of the gate. Hey, side note, you know, have some pepper spray or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Somebody gets crazy, which they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets crazy, you can pepper spray them. I mean, I, I, and the reason I say, dude, this is a good question for me. I know it's a good question for you too because you got Mr. Freaking Security Guy. But this is a good question for me because I've, I've, I've camped a lot yeah. in campsites, in campgrounds yeah. with a bunch of friends. 
family friends, not team guy friends, but just family friends playing guitar, cranking, getting crazy when I was younger, staying up till two o'clock in the morning, campfire songs, you know, just getting after it. And and I've had the freaking campground manager come over at 1130, 12, one o'clock in the morning. Hey, gents. Hey. It's quiet time. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta knock it off, please. Mm. Like, yeah, okay. So I, I know the deal. I know yeah, the gig. Been yeah. quieted down, shut down a few times. Yeah. But also been cool. You know, not gonna be a jerk about it. Yeah. Um, when you go to interact with them, be firm but fair. But give them some options. You know, listen. Hey, I know you guys. I don't care if you guys want to stay up any later. You know, it's fine. But you, you can't sing and no more no more guitar right now. You get people on both sides of you. It's just too loud. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind you staying here, keeping a low voice. Or maybe if you could go inside your RV at this time, really appreciate it because that's going to block some of the noise. Mm-hmm. But you got people in a tent next door. They got a they got a four year old kid. They're trying to get some sleep. You you, you got to quiet down. Or you know, hey, can you guys take it down to the camp gazebo? Down in the down in the public area, yeah. so that way you can continue to party. I get it. You want to have a good time. That's cool. But just go down there so you're not disturbing all the other campers. <laughs> Appreciate it. So give them some options. You know, yeah. explain the why. <laughs> hey, I know you guys are here, but listen, the school's out. We got a bunch of kids in here. You're singing foul language songs. The voices travel. I don't can sleep. So you got to explain the why. Yeah. You know, again, being cool about it. And that's what we're doing, right? That's what we're doing. We're gonna be nice until it's time to not be nice. You, you said it, sir. Right? Yep. What what I miss? No, what that I was it. I, maybe, and actually, I, I technically Dalton it took me a while to think of his name. Hell yeah, Dalton. Uh, where I I used to do this as a security guy. So basically, this was essentially a big part of. Being a bouncer yep. or door host, whatever you want to call it, where it's like, bouncer. yeah, somebody like causing varying levels of trouble or mm-hmm. whatever, and you got to either tell them stop or kick them out or whatever. But what I did do that man- managing expectations is a good one, yep. by the way. Um, what I did do is established a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Not this big long thing, yeah, yeah. but you know, I was nice on the way in, all that stuff. Um, if Look, a campground guy, I, the way I could see this happening is make rounds or whatever. I don't know yeah, the, yeah, the whole yeah. job, how it goes. But yeah. if can, make rounds. For be sure. like, hey, well, you know, if it's not quiet hours yet, yeah. be like, hey, they know who you are. You know who, mm-hmm. like, who they are kind of a thing. Oh, man, cool, the guitar, whatever, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. You guys need anything? I'm, You know, whatever. Whatever the, the, the deal is where your mere presence doesn't automatically spark, oh, we're busted, oh, we're busted. It's just like, oh, that's just Jim or yeah. whatever. You know, he's the manager. He's cool. So now when it comes time to dealing with it, you have a little bit more, more of a soft entry, you right. know, going in. Um, and if the expectations are managed, yeah, yep. it makes it way way better, way less, less yep. stressful. And by the way, you can manage the expectations. Let's say you screwed up and you're late. Mm-hmm. You didn't give them any heads up. And you walk over, take ownership. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, I, 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 I forgot to tell you guys this when you showed up. Hey, at 10 o'clock, it's quiet time. So if you could wrap it up in the next like 10, 15 minutes, it's all, all good. But, you know, we just got to keep it down in here. So, yeah. you you know, you're giving them like an extra little bit of leeway. You're being nice. You're giving some options. Hey, the gazebo's open all night. If you guys want to go down there and get it on, there's, you know, you can do whatever yeah. you want down. There's two fire pits down there. Yeah. And it's far enough away from the campsites that everyone else can sleep. So if you guys want to go down there, I, I, hey, I got my uh, 
I got my ranger here. If you guys want to throw your wood in the back, I'll give you guys a ride. You know, just be cool. That 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 part of it where, and this is something recently I kind of started to understand the depth of, but it's like, it's hard. It's kind of hard sometimes, but it's super important. Got it from you. Where it's easy like to, to point out the problems with something or, hey, you're doing something wrong or you shouldn't be doing that or whatever, but to offer like solutions yeah. or options as you put it, yeah. bro, that is like night and day. Yeah. We're like, and I get it, right? I, man, I get it. If you see something wrong with something, it's easy to see that or whatever. I mean, like, okay, if that's wrong, what's right? Oh, that part's a little bit harder. But if you're prepared for that, mm-hmm. so especially in this kind of situation where it's, okay, so here's another thing I had to deal with as a bouncer, where it's kind of essentially kind of the, could be the same thing where we had a dress code at mm-hmm. one point where you couldn't wear jeans. sneakers oh jeans sneakers. upstairs yes yeah. we had an upstairs lounge that they were trying to make up and that was, that's a kind of the same deal but mm-hmm. a little bit different in this sense where we didn't allow flip-flops sneakers you only could wear dress shoes on the weekend so when people would come all dressed up and they have flip-flops on or sneakers on or something like this and we we have to t- i don't care about the dress code but freaking we don't let people you know it's a dress code so i gotta basically say yeah cool you and your whole group are here and you plan tonight to come here and have fun or whatever but you can't get in 100 percent because of the the whatever the tire that you you know because we have a dress code so most people they don't like that at all mm-hmm. or ruin their night so i had to find a way and it was super stressful stressful just like this guy so i'd be like man i gotta like, I don't know. I got to deal with this somehow, you know? So but what I would do is I would think of cool places that I've actually been to mm-hmm. that are either comparable or have oh, a certain yeah. dynamic, you know, that, that are nearby. I'd be like, hey, there's a... And it's, so I'd give them those other options. I'd be like, we have a dress code. I didn't make the dress code. I'm sorry. Kind of preemptively saying, like, it's not my fault. I'm sorry. And it's a dumb dress code kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. He goes, but there's three options that are comparable that I think you guys would like, and they're nearby. Sure. So they'd be like, let's go. And they'd just go. Usually, yeah. they'd be like, no factor. Unless they had like a bachelor party that was planned there and the mm-hmm. reservation and all this stuff. But most of the time, that would just solve the problem completely. you get no pushback there if you, you offer solutions. You see what I'm saying? It's a good move, man. It's a good move. And I'm sure you sold those solutions pretty well. Like, oh, this spot's okay, but this spot yeah. over here. I'm going there tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, there yeah. you go. Uh... Good, cool. Be nice until it's time to not be nice. Yeah. Dalton. What's Dalton's last name? No, no last name. Jack. Dalton. I think Dalton was his last name, to be honest. Oh, with okay. You. All right. Yep. Next question. Yeah. Freaking Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who brought it up. Hey, Jocko and Echo. I've recently been binge listening to all your underground episodes, and I've just become a member. It's made me think of the path I'm currently on. I'm 23 years old and living in the UK. I'm just finishing my engineering apprenticeship. In doing this, I've learned I earn a very good salary and I enjoy the job, but I have this itch deep in my gut telling me to leave it and become a Royal Marines commando. I would consider myself I would consider myself fit and healthy, and I'm aware that I won't have the opportunity to take this path in a few years, as I will be be past the age cutoff. I want to be part of the fight and push myself to see how I can cope under physical and mental stress. It's likely that I could take that. It could take me 15 plus years to even come close to what I make now. Was there a point where you ever took the financials into consideration or was the experience in serving your country worth more than the money you received? 
well, this is similar to the person that wanted to be a hot shot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he got really specific there with that one question. Was there a point where you ever took financials into consideration? No. <laughs> no. I didn't consider money at all. I had never even thought about it. I never even thought about money until maybe halfway through my career, you know, is where I like, oh, I, I should save some money. I should buy some houses. Like, that's when I started thinking. Because before that, I was just like, you're in the teams. Yeah. You're in the teams. And just like, just doing team stuff. And you know what's weird is, as slight as this might be, you're jumping out of airplanes, you're like fast roping, you're shooting weapons, like there's some level of danger in your job. And so you always kind of have that, especially when you're young, like it's a cross between I'm gonna live forever and I'm gonna die tomorrow. (laughs) Right, you have like this, this weird thing where I'm gonna live forever and I'm gonna die tomorrow and I don't, kind of both at the same time. And so you're just gonna like, kind of, what you end up doing is living for the moment. Like I'm gonna mm-hmm. live forever, so I got plenty of time to make money, or I'm gonna die tomorrow, so it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So either way, I'm good, and I'm ready to go out tonight, and we're gonna go get after it. Yeah. And I have enough money to, me and all my friends are gonna have an awesome time. Mm-hmm. So rock and roll. I never considered money at all. Definitely when I was going in, it wasn't even a thought. Um, here's a couple things to watch out for. You already called the fact that if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it now. I looked up what the attrition rate was for the Royal Marine Commandos, 40% attrition rate. That's a lot of quitters. I was trying to figure out if there's an option for being a reservist. From the, from the information that I found on the interwebs, you can be a Royal Marine reservist. I don't know if that gives you the commando option, but you can at least be a Royal Marine and, and then maybe see some options from there. So that I would look at. I would see if there's any options to become a Royal Marine Commando as a, what you call, I don't know, they call it the Territorial Army, I don't know, but, they, but this was called Royal Marine Reservists. So that way you can go in, you can see, if you love it, you can probably go active duty. If you hate it, you can not, you know, you can just mitigate the amount of time that you do. And if it's fine, but you also like your civilian job and you like making money, you can do both for your whole career. So that's my answer. My answer is I never cared about money, but money wasn't a big factor to me back in the day. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't care about being rich. I didn't care about having a nice car. I didn't care about having a, uh, some kind of expensive watch or whatever. I was good with a Timex watch as a matter of fact. So money was never a thing, but for you, I don't know where you came from. You know, again, there's people I know that that when they're young, they don't have a lot of money, and they're like, I never want to be without money. If you're in that mode, you're not going to get rich in the Royal Marines, I can tell you that. Um, so weigh it out. One option is fleeting. Keep that in mind. The other option is security. Keep that in mind. <laughs> Only you can make that decision. With that, thanks for joining us, everybody. It sounds like a lot of people are out there getting after it, becoming commandos, becoming hot shots, oh, yeah. losing weight, training jujitsu. This is what it's all about, people. Yeah. I recommend you keep getting after it. Agree. <laughs> With that, nothing further. Thanks for the support, everybody, and thanks for getting after it. Until next time, this is Echo and Jocko. Out.